It is June 6, 1977, and it's Oregon's greatest day. This is some kick-ass Oregon history. Welcome to another installment of Kick-Ass Oregon History, a survey created by the geeked out history folks at orhistory.com. We profile only the most badass, captivating Oregon stories. It's all Oregon sex, drugs, rock and roll, and earth-shattering, devastating destruction. Basically, the good stuff. Kick-Ass Oregon History is a presentation of ORHistory.com and is supported by listeners like you. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit ORHistory.com and click Donate. I recently wrote a piece for the magazine Portland Monthly. The December 2013 edition features the cover article, 1845 to 2013, 50 Moments That Shape Portland. My entry is entitled, A Perfect Day, opposite a smart-looking photograph of legendary Portland trailblazer Bill Walton. The commentary looks at the 1977 championship by the Portland Trailblazers. Well, kind of. It actually documents the victory parade that commenced the day after the Game 6 clinching victory, which ghost host Andy Lindbergh and I both agree was Oregon's greatest day. The Portland Monthly piece was really just an abbreviated introduction to what we would like to examine today, which was the original pitch for the publication. And we added a fucking kick-ass Peter Frampton soundtrack to boot. So without further ado, Oregon's Greatest Day. They stopped all traffic downtown, even bicycles. Chaos. Sirens from parked ambulances and other emergency vehicles spilled across the masses of Portlanders. The clamor from the shouting, rushing tens of thousands of celebrants washed over the playing of the Jefferson High School Jazz Band. In the largest gathering in Oregon since the victory over Japan Day in 1945, it seemed impossible to estimate the size of the throng. But Maurice Lucas at least made a guess. There are more people watching this silly parade than there are residents of this state. In a city of 365,000 residents, some have speculated that a quarter of a million Oregonians turned out to greet these men. Uh, you've already heard from the chief, and he told it as he saw it, Bill Walton. Take another bow, William, the chief. The little train that could and did, Lionel Hollins. Mighty Moe, Maurice Lucas. This was an organic, authentic celebration. The day after the Portland Trailblazers triumphed over the Philadelphia 76ers at Memorial Coliseum in an epic Game 6 of the 1977 NBA Finals. Absent from the crowd were the Beat LA or Brandon Roy All-Star Blazer marketing design mass-produced signs. Advisory committees had not been consulted by the necktie-bestrewn team executives. 
crafty, and homemade was the mode. Students from Tigard held a hand-painted 10-foot banner that read, Hey, 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 we win the NBA. One on the Federal Building read, Well done, Blazers! And a sign on City Hall proclaimed, PSU loves the Blazers! It was, to borrow a phrase from historian Matt Love, quintessentially Oregon. Storied center Bill Walton, clad in a Wallace Park t-shirt, graced the stage in Terry Shrunk Plaza with Governor Bob Straub and Mayor Neil Goldschmidt, upon whom Walton poured a Michelob, and then promptly said to the crowd, If anyone out there has any more beer, please pass it up here. And they did. Months later, over many piles of cocaine, Portlanders were talking about this moment with Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead before he performed at the Paramount Theater. Okay. Nice to see old Walton down there. Yeah, really. Yeah. Still hopping around. Did you hear about the big parade the town gave him when they won? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Great. This is out of control. Bill was just great, man. It was a big crowd. We followed the parade for a while, and then we went down. They had, uh, they had a... Uh, um, <laughs> a presentation of the trophy in front of the city hall, and they had the mayor and the governor of Oregon. Yeah, amazing. And the mayor was taking hits off the bottom and stuff. Oh, it was great. great. Yeah, Bill had, Bill had like seven different beers in the time I saw him. He was pouring <laughs> beer on the mayor and beer on the trophy, <laughs> beer on great. the audience. <laughs> he was really getting down. Everyone was just going wild. I mean, I'd never seen so many different, I mean, you know, not, not just a bunch of freaks or, or basketball jocks or anything like that, you know, it was, it was secretaries and businessmen and yeah. just all kinds of people. It was really hip. Yeah. That guy's really a great player. He really got behind it. It was the largest crowd in Portland since the end of World War II. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they great, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the town really went wild. Couldn't have a nicer guy. For sure. Portland was finally on the national map. And it was only looking up from here. This was Portland's finest moment and Oregon's greatest day. And that optimism extended beyond just a simple basketball game. A beginning, opportunity, a promise. It was a creation instant. Even after becoming world champions, everyone partying in the streets knew that the best was yet to come. This was the new Portland a new Oregon, a new collective era, and from now on, it would be all champagne and roses, baby. streets, in the crowded bars, was a dynasty. The 1977 Trailblazers were the youngest team to have won the NBA championship. Oregon just felt young. When Portland's mayor, Neil Goldschmidt, was elected to office, he was the youngest mayor of a major American city. Oregon's population had grown by 25% in the previous decade or so. Many of those folks coming here were looking for a fresh start to their budding lives. And this was their team. This wasn't just the Portland Trailblazers. This was Oregon's team. The television ratings across the state for that fateful Game 6 
were 96%. Fans had not let their team down. They were part of the battle, doing their part to assist their team. As journalist David Halberstam wrote, On the final day of the playoffs, the Coliseum had been filled some two hours before the starting time. The din was both enormous and intimidating to the visiting players, waiting in their locker room like lions about to be thrown to the Christians. With the pregame warm-ups not yet begun, it sounded like a crowd in the final hysterical two minutes of an exciting game. The visiting writers from Philadelphia were appalled by the almost naive enthusiasm from the crowd. It's lack of cool. Proving it was cool to be uncool in Portland long before it was cool to be... Oh, fuck it. We did it first. The game of professional basketball was different back then, a very physical game. And this final series was no exception, as evidenced from a scrum in Game 2 in Philadelphia between Sixers Daryl Dawkins and Maurice the Enforcer Lucas. In 1977, Oregon was just coming off two terms of rule by Governor Tom McCall, remembered by most historians to be a remarkably popular and respected statesman that led Oregon into something of a progressive era. He was being talked about in some of the papers as a possible presidential candidate. And now, with the championship to boot in the national conversation, our Portland would be no longer confused with that shitty namesake in Maine. This was our time. The only way to go from here was up. This was just the beginning. Get used to this shit. This was what it's going to be like all the time. But champagne hangovers are a real bitch. Aren't they, ass kickers? 
So what the hell happened? Where's my Oregon state government-issued jetpack? Where's my Portland city government flying car? When we examine what the hell happened, I'm not necessarily talking about Walton's broken foot or Bobby Gross or Lionel Holland's injuries. I'm talking about Oregon, baby. I'm talking about us. Tektronics and Intel materialized in Beavertron, and the birth of the Silicon Forest was here. Decent, family wage-earning jobs could still be had in the timber industry in other parts of the state. The Mount Hood Highway had been defeated, saving a swath of southeast Portland from the crushing blows of earth movers, wrecking balls, and speeding cars flying along division, well, a bit faster than cars fly along division today. After the Blazers' victory, serious talk for a baseball stadium was reinvigorated. This was going to be a mecca for young families. Lots of opportunity, lots of room to grow. All in the natural wonderland preserved by Tom McCall, right? Fast forward to today. Not news for working families, but Oregon ranked 50th in the nation in terms of affordable child care. Unemployment is still high in our state, especially outside of Multnomah County. Grant, Crook, and Harney counties face unemployment rates of over 10%. And while Oregon has one of the highest minimum wages in the nation, our average wage earned in the state is lower than the national average. About half of the wage earners in Oregon are being paid only $15 an hour or less. So that's what I'm left with today, dear ass kicker. What the hell happened to Oregon's greatest day and the champagne hangover we all collectively experienced? Because it ain't looking too fucking rosy from here. Of all my unanswered questions, this is the one that is most lingering. Well, okay, maybe one question rises above even that. How the fuck does Frampton make that guitar talk? Thank you for listening, Ass Kickers, and be on the lookout for future podcasts by our crew. We hope that you agree that this episode featured some kick-ass Oregon history. Today's podcast was brought to you by ORHistory.com. It was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Doug Kank Crispin and Andy Lindbergh. Citations are available on request. Check out our website at ORHistory.com. There, you can subscribe to the podcast and have it delivered through RSS directly to your device. You can sign up for our exciting Oregon history events, pick up Oregon history merchandise, get a list of songs featured in each podcast, receive extra insights into podcast topics, and read of our adventures as Oregon's rock and roll historians. Kick-Ass Oregon History is supported by listeners like you. You can support the podcast today. Go to orhistory.com and click donate. Follow us on Twitter at Oregon underscore history. You can also like us on the Facebook. The email address is oregonhistorian at gmail.com. 
As always, we'd like to thank our friends at Eastside Distilling, crafters of Burnside Bourbon, for their generous support. And coming up on December 17, 2013, please join our resident historian Doug Kent Crispin at the Jack London Bar at 7.30 p.m. for Famous Oregon Bar Stories. We will hear odd and unusual but true tales of storied Oregon establishments and the alcohol consumed therein. The program is free and there is bound to be a kick-ass drink special. So come on down Tuesday, December 17th to the Jack London Bar. Just don't get too close to Mr. Kent Crispin. He's bound to pour his Michelob out right on your head. You stay historic, Oregon. And kick ass! Sunday, June 5, 1977. It is a date that the people of Portland, the state of Oregon, and the Northwest will not soon forget. Well, this was the day the Trailblazers found the pot of gold and won the championship of the NBA. Before a packed Memorial Coliseum crowd of 12,951, the Trailblazers and the 76ers took to the floor. The first quarter was an evenly played 12 minutes that ended with the score tied at 27-27. Then in the second quarter, the Trailblazers did it again. They blistered the 76ers for 40 points and took a 67-55 lead at the half. 40 to 40, we're all even up. Gross on the inbound play, back out to Walton. There's the hook. Yes, sir. Gross, Collins, goes to his right, shoots, outside jumper. Yes, sir, over Lloyd Free. Blazers by four, 44 to 40. Irving fakes a pass to Lloyd Free, intercepted by Lionel Hollins. The train went into the floor to the other, goes in, shoots. He doesn't get it, but Lucas was right there. The McGinnis drives on to Lucas, goes in, threw it up, doesn't score. Rebound, Hollins. Hollins, Davis, Hollins drives, Lodge shoots, scores! He fouled! What a move! We have five minutes and seven seconds remaining to be played in the first half. The Blazers have scored ten uncontested points. Lead 50 to 40. Lucas with McGinnis on him. Fakes right, goes to his left. McGinnis tipped the ball away. Luke got it back again. They get a low to Walton. Walton takes a look underneath to Johnny Davis in traffic. Muscles his way underneath and play up and in. He stepped right in front of McGinnis and was really upset. After three quarters, the Trailblazers still held a comfortable 91-82 lead. But in the fourth quarter, the 76ers realized that this would be their last gasp and fought back. It came down to the final seconds. It'll be Philadelphia ball, five seconds to go. The Portland leading 109 to 107. Three will inbound. Here we go, the inbound of McGinnis. Drive, stop, punch, show, short, no go, and the game! Blazer mania reigns supreme. For nine hours after the title-clinching game, the streets of Portland, Oregon alone were engrossed in one big block party. It was a community of 385,000 people. 
plus the entire state of Oregon and the Northwest saying thank you to the Trailblazers organization for giving them something they will relish for the rest of their life. People, 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 people,